Andrew asked me to uh, speak about Game of Thrones in regards to Solomon. I thought that was great. I've never seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> so anything that I say is very loosely connected. Um, but I do love Solomon. Solomon's one of my favorite uh, characters in the Bible. He's a very complex guy, but I do like him. If this was an episode in Game of Thrones, it will probably be one of the most boring episodes in Game of Thrones as far as gore and violence is concerned. If you came here for gore and violence, this is not an episode that you're gonna like, right? His dad, David, King David, um, he was the violent man, right? He was rags, he was the person that killed quite a lot of people. Um, to the point where by the time Solomon was king, there was no more enemies for Solomon to fight, right? David done killed all of them. Um, but if you want blood and gore, this scenario, this story, I guess, starts with uh, a thousand dead animals, right? Solomon is on a hill, very young man. Some people say he's in his teenage years, so let's just say he's 17, right? Um, and he's, he's on a hill sacrificing a thousand animals, burning them all, right? The reason why he's doing that is because he is now starting a career that he personally finds daunting. He's gonna be the king of Israel. He will be technically the second king of Israel. His dad, which was the first successful king, uh, was someone who not only done it successfully, but showed uh, passion that very few humans in Israel had done beforehand, right? So when he started, uh, when, when David started as king, there was hardly any poets, there was hardly any storytellers, any musicians, any cra As a matter of fact, there was no craftsmen at all in Israel before David came in. And then once he left, the entire nation was known for its storytelling, for its music, for its craftsmanship. Um, music wasn't necessarily uh, a big connection to church and worship. But when David was finished with it, he had an entire, uh, almost a Bible within itself that was songs and psalms, that was um, finding the, his way of connecting to God through music, right? So this guy was passionate, this guy had heart, and he had a lot of sons, but the son that God chose was Solomon. Solomon's a young man, and he doesn't necessarily know what to do next. So he thought the best thing to do, rather than relying on his own intellect, was to sacrifice to God, sacrifice a thousand, uh, a thousand something, but a thousand animals died basically. Um, so on this hill, he has a very uh, interesting conversation with God. God approaches him and says to him, all right, your dad is no longer king, you're king. You're the one that's gonna be running this place, this nation, you now have the choice, right? I can give you anything you want. And this is God, this isn't like some genie in a bottle, right? This is the, the creator. I can give you anything you want, what would it be? And the story that I was told in Sunday school is that he then said, I want wisdom. And then God said, oh, this is amazing. You want the wisdom, I want to give you everything else. And then you become like the smartest man in the world. And then that's that. Um, but what he actually said was a little bit more nuanced than that, and what he said was a little bit more deep than that. He said, I want an understanding heart, right? David, my dad, has done such a great job and such a major job for getting uh, the people from one state to another, right? And I don't want to mess this up. So the one thing that I want is an understanding heart that will be able to lead your people more effectively. When you read the whole sentence in Hebrew, what he actually says 
is that I want a listening part. I want to be able to listen better. That's incredibly wise to say, right? But that's at the same time, not entirely shocking because you probably would imagine he's in training to become a king. So he's been in front of the law nearly all of his life, probably all of his life, right? So there's probably been scenarios where David has sat him down and broke out to him Deuteronomy and showed him what the law was about. And probably told him about the time when his people at some point were slaves, right? They weren't always free people. They weren't always kings. They were slaves at some point. And then there was a man named Moses that brought these people from slavery out of slavery. And the first thing that uh, Moses done, this leader done, was stand on top of a mountain and broke out this law, right? And this law is the entire Bible. This, this law is the entire Bible, but it's synthesized into one sentence or two sentences, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now we understand love in different ways in English, but again, if you look at Hebrew, what it was originally uh, meant to be when it was said in Hebrew is the word shima or shima, right? Which basically means to listen. So when we go through the entire Bible, the entire Bible is either the result or the consequence of listening or not listening, right? God said, this is my word, right? Hold on to it, listen to it, and you'll do really, really well, right? If you don't listen to it, all these things are going to happen, right? And when we, when we look at Shema or listening, it's broken down into three parts. So it basically means to, uh, to, to hear, listen, and understand, right? So to hear, to be in proximity to someone, to listen, to pay attention to someone, and to understand, to really digest what the person around you or the situation around you is saying. Um, Solomon understood this, right? Solomon understood that in order to be a great king, in order to be a powerful king, the thing that you need to really get down is your listening, your perception, right? So he didn't just say that out of the blue, I want to be wise, and God was like, oh, that's a very wise thing to say, here you go, and just like sprinkle some dust on it. He basically understood very deeply what the law was about. If I really understood what it is to listen, then everything will be fine. So a very important part to, to kind of put in the middle of this is that when it comes to listening or not listening or sin or, or not sin or sinning or whatever, it's not a situation of um, if you don't do the things that God tells you, he's just going to strike you down with lightning, right? See Shema as a design rule, right? It's, a, it's the way God has designed everything. God has designed everything for everything to be in conversation with each other, right? So when he's saying, listen and, and be in dialogue with people around you and, and love them as you love yourself, it's not just a cute thing to say. This is what happens. This is how the world is designed. And when you go against that, you're going against your own design, right? So all the consequences that happens after that is not such a thing of, oh, God is trying to, God doesn't like you because you don't listen to him. You're hurt, you're hurt yourself, basically. Um, so Solomon understood this. Solomon said I wanted to listen. And then, and then God said, all right, cool. Because you asked this, I'm now going to give you all the things that you didn't ask for. So I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you influence. I'm going to give you all those things. Um, it then says in the Bible that uh, God gave Solomon a largeness of heart, right? Which basically means like a breadth of mind. His curiosity just got huge, right? So his level of listening, this isn't in the Bible, but like 
legend has it that his listening was so in tune that he was able to hear animals speak. Right? So he was able to see what an- animals were saying. Right? It's not in the Bible, but just throwing out. Um, but his listening was in tune. His listening was impeccable to the point where he was curious and he was able to. He had a curiosity and a taste for everything, which shows something very important. When you are listening, being closed-minded isn't a godly trait. Right? There's one. Um, C.S. Lewis has this book called uh, uh, The Screwtape Letters and it's, uh, the story of it is an older demon speaking to a younger demon trying to get uh, someone out of church right? and the older demon basically says many people think that we are trying to put stuff in their heads but as a matter of fact what we're trying to do is keeping stuff out right? the truth of the matter is is that when you get a microscope and you look at any point, any, any atom, any anything, you can see vibrations, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is a vibration, everything is technically a sound, right? My theory, my, my, my speculation, is that every atom and every vibration is actually just the remnant of when God said, let there be light. Mm-hmm. That first vibration that came out of his mouth ends up being creation as we know it, right? So when you are a person who listens, you're able to see those vibrations. You're able to see God speaking through everything. And that's why if you really say, God, speak to me, a cat will walk past you and you'll be able to get a revelation, right? Because that vibration is in everything, right? It's in the people that you see, it's in the billboard, it's in every color that you see, every sound that you hear. Um, nearly everyone, anyway, some of them are a bit off key. Definitely off key ones. Um, but anyway, so he would, he, his curiosity got got him uh, to places where he was able to study um, different, different types of artistry and sociology and biology and sciences and all that kind of stuff um, to the point where uh, people in the East and people in Egypt and the Queen of Sheba mm. came to him and these were, the high, these were the smartest intellectuals of the day mm. and they came to him for advice, they came to him for knowledge, they came to him to see what he was listening to, what he was hearing, right? Um, his his, um, his intelligence or his uh, intellect got him to a point where his wealth is probably till this day unmatched, right? If you look at the amount of money that he was making back in those days and put it in this, his, like, his money is impeccable. His, his, his check balance was in, it was impeccable. Um, but it even says in the Bible that he made silver to be like stones, right? So what we consider to be like tarmac or concrete or whatever like the base material for us for him it was silver right he was just making stuff like that to to to, to his heart's content um i suppose one of his biggest achievements and i guess the biggest achievement as a whole for his nation that he'd done because all of those things were more personal things was that he was able to build the temple of god right and this is the thing that his dad wanted to do and this is the thing that he would hope he was able to continue from his dad to be able to to to, to build this temple which represents um this thing of god is not this tabernacle this portable thing that moves from one place to another now he's like situated in one place which is like our home our land israel right so we were slaves one time we was like trapped in shackles and all that kind of stuff and now we're out of that and we can say we have this we have this like this this one plot of land which God has ordained and this represents his presence on earth and it's in our land that's it's crazy like you you can't imagine the amount of um, what that means for the people of Israel but also someone like Solomon um, he, he was a man who was always trying to pursue wisdom 
and always wanted to hear more things and he loved wisdom and that's why you have the book of Proverbs, right? After Psalms, which is mostly David's work, his, his father's work, after that you'll have Proverbs. And Proverbs is him just really seeking out wisdom and what's the best way to approach life. And then after Proverbs, you have another book where by this story kind of skips, the movie kind of skips, right? And you see this old grumpy man with like a crown just barely hanging off his head and he's looking at his kingdom and he's looking at all of his wealth and he's looking at the fact that he's had servants in his house but not only that servants have been born in his house right raised in his house if he wanted a new song to be sung he could just say sing me a song and someone will come with the instruments and sing a song he has that level of power he has written tons of songs the bible said that he wrote about i think it's 2000 to 3000 songs there's 87 albums if you're doing it in like <laughs> modern day calculations right 87 albums of material right he was doing all of that but then this old man is looking at everything that he's ever done and in the book of ecclesiastes he just says this is all pointless this there was nothing in this this was empty it's vanity or vanities right and throughout this whole book of ecclesiastes he's searching through every single thing he's ever done everything he's seen other people do and he just says mm, this is dead something happened and there's something in between this young teenage solomon who just discovered the the, the gift of listening right and there's like this adult solomon who's able to get all this wealth and all this knowledge and all this influence by listening and then something happened there's a gap between this adult one and this old man who's looking at everything and just saying there's nothing to it there's nothing there's nothing behind this right what happened what the bible says which i, I love the way how the bible words it the bible didn't necessarily say that he stopped following god right it didn't say that he just like turned away and said like i'm done with like god right the bible said that his heart was not fully after God as was his father right his father had a heart fully for God but the Bible says the heart of Solomon his heart wasn't fully for God but basically says it was just a small smidgen out of all that curiosity out of all that listening now that small smidgen where he got distracted right and that distracted put him off course the thing about the devil right is that a lot of the times we perceive the devil to be someone that would just come with fire and brimstone and he's looking to just crush everything and come with like the train wreck everything's just a train wreck and a wrecking ball right with, with him mm. and that's never his intention at the end yeah he wants you all dead in it. but in the middle part during that during that that journey what he's more interested in is having you distracted because if the law of god is to listen then the law of Satan is to distract, right? That's his thing. So what happened to Solomon is that he was still curious and he was still wise, but what ended up happening is that he was pursuing curiosity and wisdom without God, right? And then what ended up, what, what happened was that he, he liked girls, right? He liked, he, he, had, a, he had a woman situation, right? And he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't necessarily like the woman of his, his, his tribe, his flock. 
he loved he loved the woman in different nations who serve different gods, right? And what he'd done to um, to kind of make everyone happy is that he made different statues for everyone else. He made different statues for everyone's god. One of them is a god called Molech, right? And if my memory serves me right, Molech, Molech or, or one of the gods he, he was serving, um, is basically a bronze statue, right? Which has his hands out like that. And what happens is that the people who serve Molech have their hands heated up, right? So heated up, like it's, so it's super, super hot. And then what they then do is get children and put the children on the burning hands. So it's child sacrifice. That's what Solomon got into, right? Now Solomon didn't intend to start like that. But what ended up happening is, because he lost concentration or because he lost his focus, he then, then went down that path, right? So you have this old man Solomon, he's looking at all of this and realized that he begins the book saying that he wants to kind of search everything that's, that, that, that's good to do under the sun. But he realized that everything under the sun is pointless. And the reason why everything under the sun is pointless is because he forgot what happens above the sun. He stopped listening to the person above the sun, right? Um, again, it's not necessarily a very violent story as far as Game, Game of Thrones is concerned, but what happened afterwards is that in the book of Deuteronomy, which Solomon was, prob was probably introduced to or, or, or shown countless times by his father David, the book talks about listening. The whole book is about listening, right? But it talks about the consequences of not listening. And one of the consequences is, number one, if you don't listen, you will then serve basically the work of your own hands. You will then serve idols that are made with wood and made with stone and made with metal, right? Which is what he ended up doing. He ended up worshipping his own work. He was very wise, but then he ended up worshipping the wisdom rather than the person who gave him the wisdom, right? Which I wonder how much of us can relate to that, which is God gives you a gift but then you, you worship the gift rather than the gift giver. Mm -hmm. um, but then another thing that ends up happening is that God says in the law that if you stop listening, the consequences of that is that um, you will end up serving people that you wasn't intending to serve, right? You will be the tail and not the head, right? You will end up being what happened beforehand when he was in Egypt, when he was slaves in Egypt, you will be in that state again. Now that never happened to Solomon, but the consequences of his decisions of not listening is that kings after him followed that trait of not listening right and then what ended up happening is that even though this was generations after Solomon it seemed like everything was okay there was that one generation where everything began to crumble and Babylon as a as a nation became much stronger right and they took over Israel and one of the things that they'd done was that they destroyed the temple of God right destroyed it now they tried to build it back up after that but it's never been quite like what Solomon first built right and you have to understand what that means for someone who was in that state who was in that age right because that basically means that God is no longer with us because that's what that that's what the temple meant um, the king at that time had his eyes gouged out. This is for the glory. This is if you want the glory in it. The, the king at the time wanted his, he wanted his, you know what I mean? <laughs> he wanted his eye, he had his eyes gouged out, right? So he was walking to Babylon no with no sight. Mm. So the humiliation that, that came as a consequence of not listening is now going through the mind of Solomon, old man Solomon, right? And then 
it's funny because he goes through this entire, I think it's like 12 chapters long, he goes through like 11 chapters just basically mumbling, just kind of like grumbling about how nothing has any point to it at all. Whether you're happy, there's no point. If you're sad, there's no point, right? Um, and then in the very, the second to last verse, we get a breakthrough with Solomon, right? We get a breakthrough. He comes to his senses again, right? And he looks at everything and he says, cool, what is the conclusion of the whole map? What is the meaning of life, basically? And he concludes it probably after reminiscing on what his dad showed him about the law, on what he was brought up in, right? He ends it saying, the conclusion of the matter is, fear God, keep his commandments, for that's the whole duty of man. That's the whole reason you're here, right? We were designed with two ears, two nostrils, two eyes, two legs, two hands. These are all receptors, they're all things to perceive. You only have one mouth. So basically says, you have twice as much mechanisms to receive things than you are to just be splitting out things, right? So Solomon, at the end of the chapter was like, of making books, there's no end. Of making books, there's no end, and much studies where you to the flesh. Basically saying that you could talk all you want, but really and truly, the key to life is to know how to listen. So, as we're here today, I guess, spiritually, maybe we're like descendants of Solomon, right? Like, he's like our great, 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 great. Anyway, so, where, where do we stand? What's, what Solomon do, would we want to be, right? Not even, not even necessarily what Solomon do we believe we are, because we may be in different spaces. We may, we may be young Solomon who just discovered what it is to listen, right? Or we may be adult Solomon who's working in a lifestyle that includes what it is to listen. But then the third Solomon is just kind of like, I stopped listening. And the consequence of not listening was, again, against my own design. This, this, it, the, the destruction that came after it is because I stopped listening, right? But I don't know about you guys, but for me, I want to be the young Solomon, right? I want to be the young Solomon who, um, who has a, has a curiosity that's never capped, right? Who has an ear and a perception that's, that's, that continually gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of the biggest detriments to us as human beings is when our, when our perception stops to grow, you know, when our perception um, dwindles, right? Um, so yeah, it's, 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 as far as blood and gore is concerned, there's not a lot of blood and gore, but there's always, there's always blood and gore when you're not listening, man. And um, Solomon had a very beautiful story because it, it showed us, it showed us the rise and the fall of someone who has their ears open and when someone has their ears closed. Um, so let's do a quick prayer. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the life of Solomon and the lessons that we've learned from him. I pray that we all have our ears opened. I pray that you continuously open up our perception, that we never go blind, we never go deaf, we never stop hearing your word. And even if there's 1% in us that still hears your whisper, I pray that you increase that 1% to 2% and, and so on until it gets to 100, Lord. And we thank you for this word and we pray that as we leave, um, you continuously allow us to, to hear your voice more and more. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. That's it. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Great challenge. Yeah. Sweet.